Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 24 7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got an absolutely tremendous show for you as going to be hitting upon a little bit of everything. Not a huge college basketball slate, but a pretty solid college basketball slate. We're going to be talking about that tonight. We're going to be diving into some NBA. We're going to be diving into some NFL, college football. So, and of all the bases covered, aside from what we were talking about for a very long time in baseball, is that is a season that won't be back for quite a while, but we do have in season a lot of great guests are going to be joining me as to wrap up the show, we're going to be joined by Sean Green in hour number three of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He does a terrific job over there taking a look at all forms of football, NFL, college. On top of that, does a great job in the NBA as well. So he'll be joining me in hour number three. Coming up in about 15 or so minutes, we're going to have Frank Schwab. He does amazing work over at Yahoo Sports. Taking a look at the NFL along David Behrman, who does great work at ESPN Shock. We're going to get their reactions from what we've seen thus far this season as now with it being an 18-week season, we've got nine under our belts, so we are at that exact halfway point, so we're able to dive into that with them. And then our number two, Grant Mitchell. He does a great job over there at Forbes. He is going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at what we're getting in the NFL this week with him. And before that, we're going to be joined by Danielle Vari. She does an amazing job as one of our main analysts here at the network, and we're going to be diving into some Pac-12 football in a little bit over an hour or so. That is pretty much all that you need right there. College football, NBA, NFL, college basketball, list goes on and on and on. So 
and have a good time there. And we had a good time on Tuesday, aside from, well, sometimes you have a few not go your way. You may recall on the DK Nation pick that I gave out for Tuesday, well, Spoke showed Duquesne. They win against Montana by a count of 91 to 63. And I think something that is very important to keep in mind and happens to the best of the best of us, happens to the worst of the worst of us, is that sometimes you have really, really good calls and you have really, really bad calls. And you can't let one or two results just completely derail your night and completely derail what you're doing in general. Because I was on Montana in this one. They were getting between five and a half and six. So thought that that was a relatively solid play. This guy seemed actually down to three and a half and four. So there were people that agreed with me. Montana, they get completely run out of the building. And then from there, you did have the rest of the card go a little bit more solid because I also thought that East Carolina should have won outright, and they did. This one just went final. Anyone that laid the points with San Jose State, never a sweat there. 63-48. to 48. Cobb at State and Georgetown. We needed a big over there. That got there. The over in South Carolina State in South Carolina gets in as well. And I think that that's very important to just keep in mind when it comes to your handicapping because all of us are going to have really, really good calls. All of us are going to have really, really bad calls. And you want to keep in mind that one result, it should not be making or breaking your day. If you have a case where you have one game not go your way and it just completely throws off your entire week. If that's a case where you are just in a little bit of ruin in general with your bankroll, you've probably put a little bit too much on it. Even if it's something that you absolutely love among all your plays, I think that that's not necessarily a wise thing to do. I've been out here in Las Vegas really since the summer of 2017. I've really only had one play where if it wouldn't have came through, it would have probably put me in not such a good spot, and that's because I was trying to pay off soon loan debt. And yeah, the good old Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight, I put a pretty large amount on Floyd Mayweather to be able to get the job done just because I said, you know what, if I'm going down with this, there's really no other way that I'm going to be able to get minus 400 on anything that is, in my opinion, that certain. It did get it done. Looking back at it, probably shouldn't have put as much as I did on it, and you always live and you learn, but I do think that it is important to always keep things in mind as well. And something that I talked about on the show yesterday, and the one beauty of college basketball as well, not that that's back into our lives, is, well, when it comes to college basketball, there's no shortage of opportunities if things go right and if things go wrong. Because college basketball, on the most dead of dead nights, like we had on Tuesday, you had eight games up on the betting board. So you still had something. Meanwhile, if it's like, the NFL, for instance, Thursday Night Football, you got one game. Monday Night Football, you got one game. Heck, even Tuesday Maction, you've still got a few games in terms of the college football board. And boy, Maction, it always gets a little bit sweaty depending upon just how you take a look at it in general. As we did see in the Ohio versus Miami of Ohio game, things were a little bit more tame there. But instead, anyone that was in that Toledo versus Ball State game, the Eastern Michigan versus Akron game, you just never, ever know on some of those games. And I actually do think that myself and Albert, when we're talking about how critical it was on the seven in terms of that Eastern Michigan versus Akron game, that very nearly popped up as that was a six-point game. But I do think that it is important to always keep that in mind. And when it comes to just taking a look at the landscape of college football as well, something that I don't necessarily dive into too much, it is that we were talking about all year long, that big three being out there. It was looking like it was Alabama, Georgia, and The Ohio State University, but 
all of a sudden we've seen a little bit of chaos and in a very top-heavy sport in college football where I do think that taking a look at ancillary markets, probably your best options to be able to make a little bit of money if you're a little bit less of a game-to-game better. I personally just don't do a lot in terms of college football handicapping, college basketball and baseball just takes up so much of my time and trying to dive into over 100 teams, I would not be able to do a very solid job with it. But now you're seeing a pair of teams that you're able to probably get some pretty good money on if you took them preseason to be able to make the college football playoff in Michigan and TCU. And they are now number three and number four in terms of the college football playoff with Tennessee not being ruled out as well as took one on the chin against Georgia, but still have been able to put together a very nice season. You can tell that the committee, very impressed by them. And I'm certainly going to need to get Daniel Alvarez's take on this with two loss LSU being ahead of one loss USC. Meanwhile, one loss Oregon is still ahead of LSU as well. I have to think that a little bit more credence in terms of Oregon's loss as that came to the number one team currently in the college football playoff in Georgia, but always a little bit of subjectivity there. And I really feel like in terms of the college football committee, they've never really had an, and I air quotes here, tough decision in terms of how to see the college football playoff. And we might finally get one of those this season. I know that there are some that might disagree with me a little bit on some of those difficult decisions we saw when Ohio State under the tutelage of Urban Meyer was able to win the national title game after they had their big blowout win over Wisconsin. I know that there were some people clamoring that someone from the Big 12 should have gotten in, but that said, I still think that we haven't necessarily had a lot of big-time decisions on that front, and you just take a look at odds to be able to make the college football playoff right now. I do think that it's interesting because if you take a look at just still the plus price that you're able to get with Michigan and TCU, it really does stand out to me. With TCU, you've got a 7-1, a yes of them to be able to make the college football playoff, and plus $7 as I'm seeing it right now at DraftKings Michigan. They're still at a plus 140 Michigan Quite a bit more understandable. They still have to play against the Ohio State University. And that is going to be a very difficult game to wrap up the season. But you still take a look at this market in general. And I do think that when it comes to college football, you are able to make quite a bit of money when it comes to just taking a look at more of the derivatives. Because as we know, there's a very clear number one and number two right now. As you've got Ohio State, you've got Georgia up there. And as we know, anything can happen when it comes to college football. And I do still think that it's a little bit intriguing. Then you've got Tennessee, even though they're currently that number five team, they're at minus 240 to make the college football playoffs. So that tells you sort of where bookmakers think that things are going to be going in general in terms of some of these games to wrap up the season. But I do think that just taking a look at what we're getting right now and taking a look at the landscape of college football, we could see a little bit of shakeup there and, Speaking of shakeup as well, I know that there's been a lot of reaction just in terms of what we've been seeing in the NFL as well as we did see the move with the Colts on Monday deciding to go with Jeff Saturday. And there's a lot of teams that they're now making quite a few moves. And you got to feel like there's quite a few teams that they're grasping on to their sort of last straw for life in general. I don't think that the Colts are going to be able to make a little bit of a playoff push, but teams just looking to shake things up looking to try to get back into the playoff picture because I think that with having that number seven team now in terms of the playoff as that happened a few seasons ago, it just makes it more and more competitive. Like we see it right now in the NFC, that number seven spot goes to the San Francisco 49ers in terms of just overall record. And you've got a pair of teams in the Dallas Cowboys and 
I do think as well the Seattle Seahawks are going to be very interesting to watch moving forward because the 49ers chase out in the NFC West, that is one that I'm certainly going to be watching. But you take a look at the landscape of the NFL, and it's just a lot of parody. And a point that I probably should have made a little bit more yesterday in terms of Monday Night Football is that I don't think that we can necessarily be sold on really any team other than the big three, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, and also the Philadelphia Eagles because the team that I just take a look at and every time they come on, I just am impressed by them in general. It's not something that I'm able to say about almost any other team aside from those big three. It's the Baltimore Ravens, a team that has led by at least 10 points in every one of their games this season. I think that I'm going to need to get into this a little bit more with Frank Schwab and David Behrman in a few minutes, but they just continue to be a team that week in and week out, they put up a relatively solid fight. They give you a good product in general, and that's something that's really been lacking in the NFL this season. If you agree, disagree, please do let me know at GNNRSquare81, but I feel like the play this year has been honestly a little bit mediocre from the offensive side of things, and typically when you do see something like this, it's too prong. Yes, I do think that the offense has dropped off. I also think that there's a little bit of credit where credit is due to the way that defense has been played this year. I think that defenses in general are better, and I feel like you can have this argument with so many different sports. Like, when you see really good pitching in the MLB, you're able to say that it's bad hitting. You're also able to say that it's good pitching, and vice versa as well. When a pitcher gives up a deep fly, you're also able to say, you know, that was a really good piece of hitting. Well, the pitcher, he left one hanging as well. So we shall see what is going to be happening moving forward in the NFL. And we're going to welcome on a pair of gentlemen that do a great job of taking a look at the NFL. Frank Schwab over at Yahoo Sports and David Behrman of ESPN Chuck. They're going to be joining me, taking a look at Week 10 and taking a look at what we've all gotten here at the halfway point of the season here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season has started, and now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. It is over 400 pages long, and it's our biggest betting guide ever with odds, treads, and power rankings and analysis for every single team. Our hoops experts, including who's this schmuck, Greg Hoops Peterson, along with Matt Humans and so many others like Wes Reynolds, like Adam Burke, they're going to be providing predictions for season win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and breaking down all of these 60 coaching changes since the end of last season. And the only way to get this guide is by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. So sign up now. And for just $99, you get access to everything that we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up today. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. As it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And Ken confirmed, I worked on that thing since June. So it is going to be a big giant whopper of a guide. I provide a betting trend for all 358 teams that were up on the D1 board. You have five new D1 teams. It's hard to give you too much betting analysis when there is nothing to be had, unfortunately. So sorry to those that are fans of Stone Hill College, Lindenwood, a very good bowling school, by the way. But that said, we've got you covered with a little bit of that. And if you're looking for a little bit more in terms of daily picks, the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast, you download that. Every year podcast, I've got you covered picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. And I will also get you guys my DK Nation pick as well when it comes to the college basketball betting board in hour number two. So you do want to stick around for that. And something else that I want to be sticking around for as well is just taking a look at everything that we're getting in week 10 of the NFL. I was mentioning it on the flip side with just talking about how the Baltimore Ravens have been a team that really impresses me in terms of a team that is outside of really what we've been calling the big three in terms of the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure that some of you guys might have a little bit of a different opinion than myself, but those seem to be the relatively biggest three that we've been talking about. It is a case where they've been the three that we've been talking about the most, but that said, there's another team that I'm very impressed with, with the Miami Dolphins, and I know that David Behrman is a guy that he knows a lot about the Miami Dolphins. He does a great job over there at ESPN Chalk, and he's joining me right now. And David, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, I do know the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I was there this past weekend in Chicago seeing them in person. Exciting to see what they're doing. Uh, two in the offense is rolling. Got to get some help on defense. The defense obviously let Justin Fields go all over the place the, uh, the entire night. Uh, but if they can get that defense down and the offense continues what it's doing, uh, the sky's the limit for the team. Been been really impressed. And I mean, games at Tua starts and finishes, they're six and zero this year. Yeah, I was actually just going to bring that up. They're six and zero whenever Tua actually plays the entirety of the game. And 
I take a look at what has been happening with Tyreek Hill as well. 1,100 receiving yards this season. We were all looking at that Cooper Cup season from last year and calling it historic. And I think that that's on the same level as to what he's been able to do this season. And he's been a real game breaker for the team. And to have that many yards with having the game that we saw start by, I believe it was Skylar Thompson, along with a few other random games of which Tua did not finish in, I think that that makes it all the more impressive. It does, and, and you know Tyreek Hill's fit in with this team right from the beginning. He's a perfect fit for Mike McDaniel's offense. Uh, he, he's a great weapon to, that Tua has, and they've had the connection right from the beginning. And I, I rewatched the game this afternoon. I know that sounds a little dorky, but it was on NFL Network, and you know you see it from one perspective when you're at the stadium, and and then wanting to watch the breakdown of the game on NFL Network with uh, the guys who called the game. It, it is awesome just to watch the two of them on the same page and to see. Two with throw the ball to a spot that he knows Tyreek's going to be at, and for Tyreek to have complete confidence that he's going to turn the right way and the ball's going to be there. I mean, the guy was all open, he was wide open all game. So they're obviously on the same page, and Mike McDaniel's is calling a great game. And there's still some stuff, Greg, that they need to clean up. You know, the the the, the two minute drill at the end of the first half, they had some clock management issues. Twelve minute a huddle, not calling timeout at the right time. It's a rookie head coach, so you got to give him a little bit of pass there. But the offense is clicking, and quite frankly, if you look at drive-by-drive chart of that game, the only time they got stopped by the Bears, and no, the Bears aren't the best defense in the league, the only time the Dolphins' offense got stopped was when they made their own mistakes. You know, Tua and the center had a fumble exchange on a third and two that ended up on a fourth and five. They went for it. Uh, Earlier in the game, they missed a field goal uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, They went for it on fourth and one where Tua missed a wide-open tight end in the corner of the end zone. So, Little mistakes are really the only thing that stopped this offense from scoring what could have been 50 points in a game that they scored 35 in and had three drives stop in the red zone, two on fourth down and one on a missed field goal. And I do think that the entirety of the AFC East is worth taking a look at. And we'll hit that in a minute. But I first want to get your thoughts just in terms of the game that we're going to be seeing on Sunday. It is a three and a half to a four point line with Miami laying it against the Cleveland Browns. And with the Browns, I do think that they might be the most misleading team below 500 because I've actually liked what I've seen out of the Cleveland Browns. If it wasn't for one of the biggest calamities we've ever seen against the New York Jets, that's one win right there. And I'm sure that we could count a few others at Chargers game that we saw a few weeks ago. That could have easily went the Browns way. But I do think that this is an intriguing spot just because with the Miami Dolphins, they are 6-0 and when Tua has started and finished games. But as we know, there are a few games that they didn't cover the spread in. They didn't cover the spread this past week against the Bears. There was a game in which I believe that they were right around a touchdown plus favorite against the New England Patriots, in which that was just when Tua came back and they didn't cover that game. So I do think that this is a little bit of a fascinating spot in terms of the number. Yeah, this is not a team that you can overlook. They don't have Deshaun Watson, so Jacoby Brissett, who is familiar with the team having played there last year, obviously a completely different offense, but Jacoby was the Dolphins quarterback filling in for Tua last year. And I do agree with you, Greg. I think the Browns are better than their record shows. They obviously have good players across the board, a team that many thought would contend for a playoff spot this year, uh, assuming that Deshaun Watson was playing. Obviously, him being out for another couple of weeks has hurt the team. Jacoby's filled in admirably. They should have beaten the Jets, like you said. Uh, they looked really, really impressive on Monday night on Halloween last week when when they beat up the Cincinnati Bengals, which is nothing to sneeze at considering how good the Bengals are as defending AFC champions. So it's not a team to take lightly. And, you know, that, that, that hook there on the other side of three is troublesome at times. But I do firmly believe that the Dolphins take care of business and continue to do what they're doing on offense, although this is a good Browns defense. 
that they will come out uh, uh, victorious in this game because Jacoby Brissett doesn't present the same problems that Justin Fields presents. And the Dolphins have been known, not just this year, but in many years past, to not play well against running quarterbacks. You've seen it with Josh Allen. You saw it earlier this year with Lamar Jackson. And, of course, you saw it as Justin Fields threw up an NFL record 176 yards rushing in the game. So as long as they can prevent Jacoby running all over them, which that's not exactly what Jacoby does, I think the Dolphins will be able to stop this Browns offense and therefore score more points with their explosive offense. Yeah, Ben, with the Cleveland Browns, no question about it. It's going to be a different-looking team when they get to Sean Watson out there in the full. But as I said, I do think that they've still been able to do a solid job. Line of three and a half and four is going to be one of the more fascinating ones. I currently lean a little bit to the Dolphins. I've yet to play it myself. And I do think that just the entirety of the division is something that we've got to be taking note of as well because everyone's been power ranking the Buffalo Bills, not just number one in this division, but really in the entirety of the NFL. I'm starting to lean a little bit more towards the Philadelphia Eagles as they just continue to win time and time again. But I do take a look at this Bills squad and I do think that there are some vulnerabilities with them, especially with them not necessarily getting a lot of production out of the halfback spot. We'll see if Naheem Hines is able to sort that out as well. But I don't think that it's as big of a foregone conclusion as a lot of people would think it is that the Bills are going to win this division. Listen, if everybody's healthy and Josh Allen's healthy, I think the Bills top to bottom are the best team in football. They've shown it. You know, they, they do have the one loss to the Miami Dolphins, uh, the, who we just talked about. Uh, but if Josh Allen, we, we really don't know how bad his injury is. It's been kind of quiet on that front. And if he is a little bit injured, that does open the door a little bit towards the other teams in the AFC East to, to have a shot. I mean, the Dolphins are a half game back. The Jets are a half game back. And the Patriots are only a game and a half back. So I think the, the division is as as good as it's been, and it's the only time in the history of this division that all four teams have been above 500 this late in the year, I still think the Bills, as the odds-on favorite, still are in that driver's seat. But, Greg, the one thing that sticks out to me when looking at the standings is that 0-2 and two record in the division, which is nothing to sneeze at, considering that is the tiebreaker after head-to-head is division record. And with the Dolphins and the Jets having beaten them, they already have a leg up in the tiebreaker, and the Bills have the six and one minutes, seven and one Minnesota Vikings coming to town. You know, you're talking about with the Jets on a bye and the Patriots on a bye, you could have the Dolphins on top of the division through ten weeks of the season if they take care of business versus the Browns, and maybe the Bills slip up versus the Vikings. But hey, we still got many, many more weeks to go. The Dolphins and Bills will have a rematch in December up in Orchard Park, where obviously the weather won't be as nice as it was in Florida. Um, and I think, you know, the, the Bills deserve to be at the top of the division right now, but we have a long way to go. And uh, we all thought that the AFC West was going to be the top division of football. And here we are <laughs> looking at the AFC East. Oh, boy, the AFC West, it has just completely fallen off a cliff. And I mean, we're talking a lot about the Dolphins and also about the Bills, but I mean, the Jets, the way that they have come out, no question about it. I don't think that they're going to be winning this division. That would be a little bit too far, but that said, I do think that they've been able to provide some nice fight. I think they're a team that we're going to be able to see in the postseason as well as we got a little bit more to talk about in terms of the AFC because we've been seeing a lot of moving and shaking, including a new coach in Indianapolis. We've got to get David Sots there. And top of that, we've got to take a look at what we're going to be getting this week in general in terms of week 10 of the NFL. David Behrman is going to be joining me on the flip side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches, they might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest to you at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com today. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by David Behrman. Does a great job over at ESPN Chalk. And David, we talked a lot about the Dolphins in the last segment, and rightfully so, it's been a good season for them. Now you got to talk about a team that's in a little bit more of turmoil as with the Indianapolis Colts. They turn to Jeff Saturday as their interim coach, which... If you had given me like 250 guesses as to who I thought the interim coach was going to be, Jeff Saturday was not going to be one of them. By all accounts, a very nice guy and everything like that, but he's got as much experience coaching up NFL players as I do at this point. So that's going to be very fascinating to see. But what is the outlook for them? Because I do think that in terms of the spot itself, going up against the Las Vegas Raiders, this is probably about as good of a spot to have an interim coach like Jeff Saturday and as you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, it caught us all off guard. Obviously, having worked with Jeff here uh, in Connecticut at ESPN, it was not something any of us saw coming. Um, Jeff's a great guy. He knows his football. Obviously, he was, you know, Pro Bowl center uh, for Peyton Manning, and, and he knows the Colts organization, so wish him the best of luck. It was, you know, it was an odd thing to see, but hey, best of luck to him. And, um, and to be quite frank, he couldn't do any worse than the previous regime, with all due respect <laughs> to Frank Wright and company. They just never really recovered from that season collapse last year where they had a playoff spot firmly in hand and then couldn't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, which continues to be their nemesis. And, you know, bringing in Matt Ryan in the offseason, they figured that would clean some things up from from the Carson Wentz show that they had back there last year, and it, it just didn't work. You know, not getting Jonathan Taylor the ball, he hasn't been healthy. Uh, you know, it's funny because we, we all look at it through the prism of betting and fantasy, and, I, and my brother, who, who I'm close with, has – Jonathan Taylor in fantasy, and it's just been maddening to him, even when JT was healthy, of what that offense was doing and, and the play calling that just wasn't feeding the guy who had such a good season last season the ball. And obviously he's injured, so not we don't know everything that's going on there. But that offense has definitely been a struggle uh, the entire year, and, and they cleaned house. I mean, Frank Wright fires his offense coordinator one day and then gets fired the next. So we'll see what happens. It's not high expectations there, but you are right. The matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders is something that couldn't be anything better for Jeff Saturday and the Colts. I'm actually surprised to see the line as high as it is because it's not like the Raiders have beaten anybody or can hold on to a lead. This is a team that's had a 17-point lead or more three times already this season and blown it. So even with all the stuff that's going on around the Indianapolis Colts, I'm I'm tempted to take the six just because the Raiders aren't beating anybody these days and they're definitely not beating them by six. Anytime you can get a touchdown against a team that can't hold a lead, you're in good shape. Obviously, it scares you that they only had 120 yards of offense last week and got rid of their coach and yada, yada, yada. But it is a lot of points in an NFL game against a team that has shown me nothing on the other side. And it's one of the more, just as disappointing as the Colts to me, has been the the Las Vegas Raiders because of basically what they have not accomplished. They were somebody that I thought would be over their nine wins, their win total. I thought they could contend for that AFC West. Uh, and maybe they would have had they held some of these leads. But here's a matchup of two very disappointing teams. And in this case, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the six and probably play the under because the Colts are playing every game under 
if they can't score, you're in good shape with the under. Yep, and when it comes to the Indianapolis Colts, I think that the one thing that they've got going well for them is that, boy, this Raiders pass rush has not been good. Max Crosby, I think, has 66% of their sacks right now, which, boy, you wouldn't expect to be saying that eight weeks into the NFL season, or actually a full nine weeks into the NFL season. But also just take a look at what we're getting in terms of the landscape of this weekend. I take a look at this matchup, and it is one that jumps out to me, just sticking with a little bit of the AFC theme. I've been pretty impressed by what I've seen out of the Tennessee Titans in terms of their defense. Offense, especially when Malik Willis is out there, leaves a little bit of something to be desired. Derrick King Henry is Derrick King Henry, but the Titans laying three against the Denver Broncos, this to me just feels like a suspicious line, and the look at line was one, which I think that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm not sure about you, but it feels like Tennessee is getting a little bit of short shrift right now. They were they closed as a two-touchdown underdog against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that a lot of people are saying that they've been getting a little bit lucky in one-possession games, but if you take a look at it as well, they could have easily won that game against the Giants if they hit a late last-second field goal. And I think that this is a Titans bunch that they should be getting a little bit more love from the betting market than they have been. I do agree with you there, and I don't think the Titans have gotten a respect all season long straight from the beginning, and they had won five in a row going to Kansas City and outplaying the Chiefs. Call it what it was. It took Pat Mahomes 60 passes and overtime to beat the Tennessee Titans, who pretty much controlled that game from start to finish, not being able to put it away in the fourth quarter. You never want to give Patty Mahomes that extra advantage, and he came back to bite them as he scored late, got the two late, and then won in overtime. And, and Denver's shown me nothing whatsoever all season long. And so I agree with you. I think the three is a low number there. I'm going to be playing Tennessee in this one. You do worry about a letdown coming off of a big, big game that, you know, at the end of the day could decide one, two, or three seed in the AFC. If you think the Titans are going to go run away with that division and the Bills have the AFC East to contend with, that the Kansas City-Tennessee matchup, much like last year, could have helped decide what the seeding is going to be. So you worry about a little bit of a letdown. But I just think this Tennessee team, is better than people think. They got off to a rough start at 0-2. You mentioned it, you know, not getting the field goal at the end of the Giant game might be a different story. Then they run off five straight wins. Obviously not impressive or else, you know, the lines would be different. But they did win those five, which is what they did last year. They were a one seed last year that nobody really gave any credit to. And obviously it came back to bite them when they lost in the playoffs. But I do like the Titans here. I think they're far better than the Denver Broncos. But Denver off a bye, Tennessee off a Sunday night game, letdown. Those markets come together and you get a three-point spread, but I'm going to take advantage of it just like you would and, and lay the three points with Tennessee. Also a very interesting total out of 39 because these two teams are a combined three and 13 in terms of the over, three overs and 13 unders. So they certainly have been having that going on as well. And we've talked a lot about the Miami Dolphins, a team that is near and dear to your heart. Now we've got to go to the team that is near and dear to my heart. And boy, my heart is right now looking not so great. Thank goodness gracious we've got college basketball back in our lives or else, boy, it might be cardiac arrest at this point. The Green Bay Packers, they've lost five straight games. They're now going to be playing us to the Dallas Cowboys. And what I really like in this game right now is the under. It's going to be a relatively cold, windy day in the great state of Wisconsin on Sunday. And with the Dallas Cowboys, I think that one of the most dominant units that we've seen in all of football, offense, defense, what have you, that'd be the way that the Dallas Cowboys have completely shut down the pass where the Packers, they can't move the ball to save their lives. I look at the Cowboys being a five-point favorite, and if I had to play the side right now, I'd be playing the five. But that said, the one thing that I've already played in this game is the under 43. 
Yeah, the, the, there's not going to be many stories in football this season that are going to be more confusing than what has happened to the Green Bay Packers, a team that had won 13 games three consecutive years under this coach and quarterback combination. And yes, there's been a lot of offseason stuff that's gone on in the past, but this was one of the quieter offseasons. Aaron got his deal, and then all of a sudden they turned around and traded Devontae Adams, which made absolutely no sense to me. That being said, we all thought the Packers would be significantly better than they are. And quite frankly, Aaron has nobody to throw to. It's like me and you out there, and he hasn't had a good season. There are you know, three interceptions the other day when he's had whole entire seasons without three interceptions, and that's mind-boggling to think of. Dallas Cowboys off a bye, having a very, very good season in that NFC East. I think the five is actually a short number. Uh, they're giving the Packers a little bit too much credit for being at home at Lambeau. They haven't beaten anybody. I mean, they, they normally beat Detroit. They couldn't beat Detroit. They couldn't score against Detroit. Now they're facing a real defense, with all due respect to Detroit. Detroit has one of the worst defenses in football, and the Packers were held scoreless for three quarters and managed one measly touchdown late. So I know they moved the ball up and down the field and then threw some turnovers in there, but I, the week before, watched the Miami Dolphins put up 30-something points on that Detroit defense. So if that's what the Packers can do against Detroit, what are they going to do against one of the best defense in the NFL and Micah Parsons and the Dallas Cowboys? I do think the under is in play because – Green Bay can't score at all, uh, but I think that number with five with Dallas, if you strip out the name and the, the 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 quarterback and the name and Lambeau and the G on the helmet, I think these two teams are polar opposites, and I'm going to be riding Dallas here because Green Bay, not only are they not a good football team, but I also think they've thrown in the towel. Nothing about what Aaron Rodgers did the other day was impressive. Um, if anything, you wonder what the motivation is considering what they have coming up on the schedule. I think Dallas wins this, and I don't think it's close. And with the Dallas Cowboys as well, the way that they were able to hold in there with Cooper Rush and the way that they've been able to continue that with Dak Prescott, mm -hmm. not having him just try to throw the ball like 40-plus times or anything like that, been very heartened and a little bit of a motivation spot as well. Mike McCarthy makes his return to Green Bay as well. I almost lost a little bit of sight of that and something I never leave sight, lose sight of. Your great work, David. You do an amazing job over there at ESPN, Chuck. Always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me on, and good luck to your, your Packers this week, and uh, thanks for having me. Well, I don't know if I'm going to wish them too much luck because the more that I'm looking at, the more that I'm thinking about fading them. So hopefully they get better luck in future weeks. But that said, hopefully we can get that luck instead in terms of college basketball card. We're going to start to look at Wednesday's games for the Hardwood next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, bro. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. All sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Score Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet Plus, get Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today, as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A big thanks to David Behrman. He does great work over there at ESPN Chalk. Join me the last few segments, taking a look at what we're all getting in the NFL and turning it forward to Week 10, looking at some of those games as we got a very interesting card there and got a very interesting card when it comes to the college basketball board as well. A little bit more bare as to what we're going to be seeing on Wednesday, but that said, still a relatively solid card and as I'm taking a look right now, I think that there's a team that is currently a favorite that should not be. So how about if we start there before I give you guys my DK Nation pick in our number two. This is 763, 764 on the bidding board. Wright State hopes to be the right side as they play host at Davidson. Davidson between a four and four and a half point favorite and your total on this game is 147 and a half. And when it comes to Wright State, I made them the favor for Davidson. I think that they're really going to be missing Hun Jun Lee this season. Hun Jun Lee was absolutely tremendous for this bunch. Really the team's top score last season when he was out there on the court, being able to give the team six boards, very versatile, shooting in the neighborhood above 43.8% from three-point range for a group that in general 
when they were on the road, they shot over 40% from three. They were in the top five in all of college basketball in overall three-point shooting and road three-point shooting percentage as well. Now, the good news is they've got Foster Lawyer back in fold after he had 16 points per game, 44% three-point shooter, north of a 90% free throw shooter, and, and it's going to be very solid for them moving forward, but lots of moving parts in general. They bring in David Skogman. He was over at David, or he was over at Buffalo, I should say. He was able to register right around five rebounds per game, but I do question what they're going to be able to do down low. Wright State, they are losing a few pieces themselves. Someone like Tanner Holden going over to the Ohio State University. That is going to be hurting them a little bit, but still with Wright State. What I think is very encouraging is that they do bring back Tim Finke, who I think is going to be able to rebound after a rough year during the 2021-22 seasons. Two seasons ago, 10 points, seven boards, as a six foot six combo player, shot over 40% from three-point range. I do think that you've got upside with guys like a Keaton Norris, a C.J. Wilburn, guys that didn't necessarily see a lot of run last season, but with Wilburn, he came in after he was spending the beginning part of his career at UW-Milwaukee, was able to be someone that was able to be good down low as a bit more of a six foot seven, six foot eight, true big man. And Trey Calvin has really gone under the radar and he had a good end to the season last year, being able to supply 14 and a half points per contest, shooting just below 40% from three point range. He's able to give you four boards. He's able to give you three and a half assists and Davidson as well. They won their opener, but they were playing against a completely outmatched non-D1 school. So you don't have a lot there and you no longer have Bob McKillop in the fold. It goes to his son, Matt McKillop, who is now the coach for Davidson. He's able to have a successful night number one, but you know what? The step up in competition, going from playing at home to Guilford College, and now having to play against Wright State at the Nutter Center, I do think that that is quite a bit of something. I personally am going to be taking a look at the money line, which currently is not up. Typically, you're going to find these money lines coming out right around if you're on the West Coast, more around 5 o'clock a.m. Pacific Time, East Coast, more around 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, but I am going to be bypassing the points here. I do think that you've got good value with Wright State being able to win outright, so I am looking there. And then when it comes to this total, I did set it at a 149. Davidson, they play a very slow style, but they both give up a lot of threes, and they really bomb it from three. And Wright State, they've been traditionally one of your more up and up teams in all of college basketball. They really get things flowing with their offense. I do think that they're going to be able to do so against a Davidson team that, well, they've got about as many holes as Swiss cheese and Wright State. They've also got a lot of holes on defense as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at this little over, and I'm taking a look at Wright State being the right side on the money line. This is another game that's involving a rising league team, and we talk about the demonstratively good offense of Davidson and Wright State. How about if we look at a really, really sad and pathetic offense? 769, 770 on the betting board. IUPUI. If you try to say that all together and don't just say out the letters, it spells out EWEPUI. You're going to be going on the road. They're going to be facing up against Drake. Drake is between a 28 and a 28 and a half point favorite. Total on this game is anywhere between 131 and 131 and a half. And those of you guys that know me probably know where I'm going with this one. Set my tail at a 123 and a half. This IUPUI team is just, it's a skid mark on the underpants of college basketball to use a dodgeball reference. I mean, this team is averaging about 50 points per game the last two seasons. And I'm not even joking when I say that. IUPUI was hoping that Bryce Monroe was going to be a nice transfer for them. Two seasons ago, he was able to put up double figures while he was at Sam Houston State. He did not play opening night for the team. Looks like he's not going to be playing in this one as well now. Part of the reason why they had such an anemic first showing against Iowa State is that Iowa State's defense is very solid as well. Drake 
not quite as good of a defense as Iowa State, but you know what? Still a very well-rounded team, and I do think that Drake, a team that they themselves played at a little bit more of a slow tempo, are going to be doing quite a bit of that this season. You do take a look at this Drake team, and Tucker DeVries is probably going to have the ball out of his hands a little bit more, which I like for him. Tucker DeVries, full of talent, but at the same time, I feel like Drake tried to have him create a little bit too much by himself. Now they're able to rely upon a healthy Roman Penn after last season. Shot just 23% from three. He missed, I believe it was, about six of the team's games last season. Now that he's fully firing out all cylinders after he had about four assists per contest last season. Season before, and more like five and a half assists per game. I think that that's big along with bringing back Garrett Struts along with DJ Wilkins. Wilkins shot 39% for three of 10.5 points per contest. Sturts, he's at six foot three, one of the most just hard-nosed guys that you're going to find down low. Seven rebounds per game, despite not necessarily having a lot of size. I do like that for Drake, and they bring it to Dar Calhoun. Five and a half points per contest, shot nearly 40% from three two seasons ago at Florida State before I had Texas Tech last season. He was limited to just eight games for IUPUI. I do think that they're going to be able to pick it up a little bit in their defense because they were absolutely terrible on offense last season, but the defense, it was halfway respectable. They bring in someone by the name of Chris Osten. He actually made a few starts a few seasons ago at Arizona State and should be able to help them out. He's six foot nine. He provides a little bit of size, so a little bit of promise on that front, but just take a look at this IEPUI team. Very much breadth of a lot of talent. I do think that the line has went a little bit too far. I set my line here at a 25 and a half, so I do think that Drake should be a big favorite. 28 to 29, like we're seeing right now, I do think that it's gone a little bit too far, and I do think that it's going to be very key as well for Zach going to get out there on the floor for IUPUI. He was able to see a good amount of minutes while he was at Ball State the last few seasons. Someone that overall for his career has been about a 35% three-point shooter. That is going to be able to help them out on offense a little bit, but IUPUI is a... Had happened to them all last year. They're dealing with injuries once again. They don't necessarily have a lot of guys to put the ball in the basket. I think that it's going to be a rough showing for them. I do like this total under. Like I said, I set my total at 123.5 with Drake. I'm willing to lay up to 25.5 with them as well. And then, but if we take a look at an underdog, I'm feeling a little bit more bullish, John, rather than just thinking that the number has went too high. 773, 774 on the board. It is Monmouth. And Monmouth is on the road, and they're going to be taking on Seton Hall. Seton Hall is a... 20 to 20 and a half point favorite and your total on this game is 135 and for Monmouth a lot of moving parts from last season George Pappas is no longer in the fold for this team he was big for them Nikhil Rudy was able to give the team seven half rebounds per game he is also gone but with Seton Hall lots of moving parts for them they bring in Shaheem Holloway we all remember what he was able to do with St. Peter's the good old Peacocks and getting them to the elite eight last season and he's done a good job of Retaining some of the guys from last season, like a Kadari Richmond. Master of none, but very good at a lot of things. Nine points, four boards, three and a half assists, shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. That'll help them out. Alexis Yetna. Looks like he's probably not going to be good to go opening night, so that's a little bit of a concern. Someone that stands right around six foot eight, he's able to give you a few rebounds. So him most likely not being out there in the fold, that does put them a little bit behind the eight ball. Terry Samuel has just always been dealing with injuries for the Seton Hall team, but 
did like the fact that they brought in Dre Davis last season. He was able to put in their seven and a half points per contest while he was at Louisville, Alamir Dawes. He's able to shoot it well from three, about 11 and a half points per contest at Clemson as well. But I do think that Monmouth and just the way that they are coached up in general, King Rice is someone that I've got a lot of success for. They should be able to hold within this summer. I think that it's went just a little bit too far. I did set Monmouth as a 15 and a half point underdog. So I'm going to be willing to take the points with Monmouth, who's now in the Colonial, by the way. We've seen a lot of conference realignment. This is one of them. I think that this is going to be a good coming out party for someone like Miles Foster has been a little bit more of a reserve along with Miles Roos. So taking the points with Monmouth. I think both of these teams are going to be adapting a little bit more of a defense-oriented style. So my total at 133.5. So diving under as well. And to wrap up our number one, we've got to give you guys a pro tip. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all these. You get one every hour of live programming here on VEASAN. And the pro tip for our number one, it's very simple. Don't let one bad play just completely jade your entire handicapping. We all do have them. And don't lay too much on one play where it's going to put you in ruin as well. Have a little bit of bankroll management and make sure to not go all in on one specific play. And coming next, I do give you guys my DK Nation pick for Wednesday here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can find the right designer, so you can find the right designer, so you can find the right designer, so you can... Hey Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 